0: Alrighty, I will not speak a lengthy time. I will speak just a few minutes. And in your mind, you're probably saying, are you a Baptist preacher? But I I guarantee you, I will stick to as close as I can to what's in front of me that I believe God will have me speak on. I want to remind us one more time and thank God for uh, the desire to... Transpire. And so, what I want to do is just take a few minutes and just give us a reminder of where true holiness has its very root. And it must be in your heart. You can put on all the separation that you've heard preached this week and will be nothing more than a hypocrite. But we must have holiness from the heart. I've given the illustration before on that topic of separation where it says, separating unto the gospel of God in Romans 1. And I've given the illustration of how I have left Tennessee to come to Texas. And if that were Texas or Tennessee and this were Texas, I've shown you how that my goal is not to look at Tennessee and pull her down into reverse and to see how far I can get from Tennessee. I may run into something behind me. I may have tragic accident. But on the contrary, my goal is to look at, Texas and pull her down into drive and try to get to Texas and in the process of getting to Texas I'm getting farther away from Tennessee it just naturally happens and so the biggest goal that you can have in holiness is to study the scriptures and set your sights on getting closer and closer and closer to God and trying to live what his word has to say now holiness is first off being of one mind with God It's if God likes it, then you like it. If God hates it, then you hate it. Now that's first off true holiness. Then holiness is as well as agreeing with God upon judgment. And many times when we get found in sin, we want to get it forgiven. But many times we don't want to necessarily have it rooted out. And so when judgment falls in its purifying sense... Then we we must agree with God, and we must not buck against it, we must not fight it. Then holiness is endeavoring to shun every known sin. In Psalm chapter one twenty nine and one nineteen, verse one twenty eight, it says it this way, therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. Talking about all the precepts. I am esteeming all God's precepts, he says, to be right. And then the last phrase in verse 128 says, and I hate every false way. Yeah, I hate every false weight. And so if the preacher steps up and preaches on something and the Scripture is there and it's obvious in Scripture what God's saying to me and it doesn't blend with what I say, a holy heart will say, though I don't like it, the Word of God bears it out and I must line myself up with it. That's a holy heart. In Psalm chapter 101, and verse 3, it says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. He says, I hate everything. I hate. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Let me go there and just get it straight. Uh, before mine eyes, I hate the work that, of them that turn aside, and it shall not cleave to me. So we're endeavoring to shun every known sin. In Psalm 19, he makes the statement, Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sin. Then also, holiness is... A bold and uncompromising stand in denouncing sin. And if there's a strong point that your pastor has, it's that point. He has no problem denouncing sin. And I thank God for that. You say, well, I don't like the way he does it. Well, so what? I'm not trying to be ugly and I'm not trying to be sassy. But I can take you to about 99% of the churches across America, they don't even denounce sin. Now, they may have the style you're looking for, and if style is what you're looking for, then you're going to have to sacrifice, possibly sacrifice, the true denouncing of sin. Now, we need to notice that, that holiness is the bold and uncompromising denouncing of sin. I'm in First John chapter 2, I'm looking at verse 6 on this, and it says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Walketh walked. <laughs> and first Peter chapter two and verse twenty one, it's stated in this fashion. It says, For even here unto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. And so we should follow the steps of Christ. Did he denounce sin? I remember a whip. I remember him marching right into a to the to the temple, to the tabernacle, and clean in house. Holiness. Christ being your all and all. Christ being your all and all. Uh, it's more than just coming to church because you like the music. The music tonight was tremendous, Brother Hammond. It lifted my heart in an unbelievable fashion. I know it's the crowd, and I do know that, but God sure directed your attention to the path that we should be singing. And uh, so praise God for Him directing your path. And what a, what a blessing that was. But Christ being our all in all, it's more than just hearing beautiful instruments and beautiful harmony and beautiful voices. And I think there's a tremendous need for music with holiness attached to it. I think it sets the path. I think it sets a tone. And I think there's that tremendous need. But it's more than the music. It's more than the, the, the preaching. It's more than the, the atmosphere that can come at church. Uh, holiness is Christ being your everything. Holiness is Christ being your everything. Tuesday night of the camp back in June. That was one of the greatest meetings I've had an opportunity to be a a part in. I've had an opportunity to be in. And I remember in my heart where it lifted off. It was when the question was asked, what are you looking for out of heaven? Streets of gold? Are you looking for... Um no more pain, no more sorrow, tears wiped away, my mansion. We sing the song about our mansion. I've got a mansion just over the hillside. What are you looking for out of heaven? And I come to the conclusion as I think about all the things that heaven has to offer, the gates of pearl, the beauty of the city, and I come to the conclusion that if you're looking for anything less than Jesus Christ himself, then you've got a wrong idea of what heaven is all about. Christ, our all in all, holiness. Holiness, following after meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, kind tempers, controlling of tongue. Holiness. Holiness, bearing and forbearing much. For if you wanted to reference, you'd go to Numbers 12, verse 3. Holiness following temperance and self-denial, holiness, laboring to see the desires of this flesh mortified, holiness, following after charity and brotherly kindness, just some things I, I wrote down. Holiness follows after a spirit of mercy. And you'll let me pause here and make this statement after we just sang that song, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. I've tried to imagine, what is that song actually saying? And I've thought on that because I've sang that song growing up. And I ask myself the question, as a saved person, can I ever get any more of the Holy Spirit of God than I have right now? And the answer is no. I have as much of the Holy Spirit as I'm ever going to get the day I get saved. Now, I do know this, that the Holy Spirit can get more of me. Now, I do know that. I do know that I can be in, a, in, a, in a, a meeting and music be going and the hearts singing instead of just the mouths. And I can sense the presence of God in a greater fashion. But I do know just equally as well that the day I got saved, I'm every bit as filled with the Holy Spirit as I was, as I am now almost, or 31 years later. The point being is that God gets more of us. And I think that's, a, I think that's a, a holiness. Holiness. Holiness follows after purity. Holiness follows after the fear of God. Holiness follows after humility. Holy, holiness follows after spiritual mindedness. I'm talking about holiness this evening. And after I've listed now some 17 things, I've got to take you back to what I said on point 1. That holiness, if you do 16 of those, or if you do all 17 things that I've mentioned here and forget the very first thing I say, you have not holiness. Holiness must begin in the heart. If you're sitting here and you're saying, I know God wants me to do some things and I'm unwilling to do it. I'm not giving all my all to God. He may call me to be a missionary. He may call me to be a preacher. He may call me to be this. He may want me to do that and I don't want it therefore. But you can just forget holiness. Holiness begins in the heart. It's when the person says, I'm just going to lay it all on the altar for God. J.C. Ryle said it this way. He said, I'm quite certain... That to exhibit bitterness and coldness towards towards, uh, one who cannot consciously work with us is to prove ourselves very ignorant of real holiness. Now I kind of bumbled it around and it's Brother Hammond's fault that I bumbled around right there because J.C. Ryle said towards with an S. And Brother Hammond and I discussed Does the word toward or towards, which is the more proper? And when I said it, I thought of you, and I can't say it's your fault, but anyway, let me read it again. I'm quite certain that to exhibit bitterness and coldness, as he puts it, towards one who cannot consciously work with us is to prove ourselves very ignorant of real holiness. Holiness is the topic I'm on, and he says this, J.C. Ryle again, he says, doctrine is useless. ...if it is not accompanied by a holy life. It is worse than useless, J.C. Raw says. It does absolute positive harm. It is despised by the keen-sighted and shrewd men of the world... ...as an unreal and hollowed thing and brings religion into contempt. What brings religion into contempt in that sentence? Doctrine without holiness... And I want to add something to J.C. Ross' statement right there. If all we get is all the separation we've heard preached this week and we have not holiness, then separation without holiness is useless as well. And separation without holiness will bring religion into contempt. Then there is the statements on justifying works. Because if we're not careful, many, many holiness movements throughout the, especially the last 200 years have marched right into either the charismatic mentality or they've marched right into the sinless perfection mentality. And so we must guard against that because there is, there's two words that will differentiate between it all. Justification is faith without works that produces holiness. When a person gets justified, they got justified by faith, no works attached to it, but when they place their life in the hands of God by faith, he in turn produces holiness. That in turn produces the second word, sanctification, and sanctification demands works of holiness. But we must recognize that, that... If we're not careful, and I'm stating it, I'm stating it from a concerned heart because many movements got so infatuated with separated, separated, separated that they begin making false statements that say, if you aren't this, then you're not saved. And so we march into bad doctrine. It can be said that faith alone justifies faith in Jesus Christ, but it could never be said faith alone sanctifies Justification by faith without the deeds of the law. Sanctification by faith without the deeds of the law could never be said. In justification you believe. By faith from your heart. Placing your faith and trust after repentance in Jesus Christ. But in sanctification we watch and we pray. Let me quote to you another one. By J.C. Ryle. He says this. The life of a. Daily self-consecration and daily communion with God should be aimed at by everyone who professes to be a believer. True holiness does not consist merely of believing and feeling, but of doing and bearing. And a practical exhibition of an active, passive grace that God puts within us that produces holiness." And then let me make this one statement, and then I'm done. Holiness. Standing in a church, it has a lot of soldiers. You're fighting for our freedoms and for our liberties. And I've asked myself the question it seems like if we get one more wacko in the White House, we got trouble. Major. We got trouble now. We have uh, multiplied trouble. And I've many times thought to myself, well, how in the world, what in the world can we do? What in the world can we do? And I've concluded this. I've concluded that in First Kings when God's made the statement that he puts on the throne a king that represents the hearts of the people. I've concluded that, thank God for the soldiers. But more than our military, we need soul winners telling people about Jesus Christ so that hearts can be changed and then God can represent the heart of America in the White House with more godliness than what we've seen in our recent past. Therefore, the last statement is this, holiness is the only true thing that protects our liberty.